Hello and welcome to episode 29 of the Paranormal Paradigm podcast. Thank you for joining me as always. Today's episode is going to be quite a different one. It's going to be a different format. It's going to um, have the audio of a video interview, a video chat that I did previously, not too long back, as part of the Festival of the Unexplained. It was the winter edition and it was all in aid of CALM, which is Campaign Against Living Miserably. Uh, The festival ran from Friday to Sunday, continuously for 48 hours. Um, The UK people were participating, uh, obviously, during the UK time. And then when those guys were going to bed for the evening, the the USA would take over, I believe. And then it kind of just ran through the night. A fantastic event that was um, organised by Jolene and Karen. Um, Guys you might be familiar with if you follow my other show on the Keep On Chatting Network, or if you just follow... Um, the Festival of the Unexplained, then you might be familiar with those guys. A fantastic job they did, and the money that they raised, a huge amount. I'm not sure on the final figure, but the last time I checked, it was around about the 1,500 mark, which was roughly their target, so they did very, very well. Um, Really good event, and if you head over to YouTube and look at Festival of the Unexplained, you, you should be able to get all of the interviews and the presentations there, so you'll be able to see the video version of the interview that I'm about to play tonight. And you'll also be able to see a video interview that I did with a cryptozoological um, guy. A very, very interesting interview that was with Kenny Irish. Really great guy. And I have said to him that I'll get him on onto this show um, for an interview in the future. You'll also be able to catch a presentation that I did where I shared evidence that I'd obtained from the house in Essex. You guys might be familiar with that. Um, Kelly came on um, to do a brief interview a while ago now to talk about that house and I have spoke about it before and the findings that we got there and that's your opportunity now to go to that uh, that YouTube channel and watch that presentation and and see the evidence that I give Uh, really interesting I did have to I only only had one hour really and I'm used to to giving these kind of presentations to a group over the course of two to three hours so I didn't time it very well and I started to run out of time towards the end, which was disappointing. So I did have to rush through a bit, but um, hopefully I can do another one in the future and put in some of the evidence that I had to leave out. But yeah, so today's episode is going to be the audio taken from the interview that I did with um, Chris McKinnell and Catherine Cyrillus um, as part of the Warren Legacy Foundation. Now, anyone who is anyone really in the paranormal world will know who Chris McKinnell is. He's the grandson of the late, great Ed and Lorraine Warren of Conjuring fame. You know, the Conjuring films and somehow they placed them at the end, the Enfield Haunting in The Conjuring 2. Very, very famous um, paranormal investigators. And I was lucky enough to have the chance to interview their grandson, so it's a really good chat. Um, he's a really nice guy, very down to earth. Catherine's a lovely lady as well. They but they both help run the Warren Legacy Foundation, and I think they're doing a great a great thing. It's a great cause. So again, we 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 discuss that. We obviously discuss his grandparents and and their link to the paranormal, and we also talk a little bit about lockdown and how that's affecting paranormal activity, as well as mental issues, and that was partly because of what we were doing at the time, which was raising money for CALM, Campaign Against Living Miserably. So yeah, this will be a a fantastic interview. So it is a slightly different um, format, but hopefully not too different. Uh, Hopefully you can still get into it. The audio is good. I've checked. It should be fine. So yeah, let's go ahead and uh, play that interview. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next chapter of a fantastic weekend, um, Festival of the Unexplained, the winter edition. And it's all in aid of Campaign Against Living Miserably, the CALM charity. And what a fantastic charity it is and what a fantastic event that Karen and the guys are helping to run here. And everybody taking part, um, it's a privilege, really, and an honour. So today, um, for the first segment, because I'll be on again later, but for for this part, I'm really honoured to be interviewing um, a fantastic couple of guys, really, who, in terms of paranormal, are are up there, way up there. And they take no introduction. Really, you guys will know who they are, so I'm going to bring them in now. So, we have Chris McKinnell and we have Catherine Sorolus. And how are you guys doing? Doing great, fantastic. Great fantastic. to be here. Thank you very much for having us. It's not a problem, it's um, like I say, the honor's all mine, really. Um, 
So everybody knows who you are within the world of the paranormal, but uh, just in case there are people tuning in that maybe don't, maybe they're just coming on board because of the charity or they're, they're, they're fresh to it. Uh, would you like to just introduce yourselves and, and who you are and, and what it is you guys do? Sure. Ladies first. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I'm a psychic trans medium. Um, also a paranormal investigator. I'm a parapsychologist, clinical hypnotherapist, uh, Reiki master. I do different um, things into the psychic and the, and the spiritual, um, I would say, broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's about right. And I'm also... Um, you can always find me on uh, Oracle Whispers okay. and um, on to the Warren Foundation as well. Okay, that's great. Brilliant. And Chris? Well, speaking of the Warren Legacy Foundation, I'm the director of the foundation. We carry on the work of my grandparents, Ed and Lorraine Warren. I started doing this work um, 40 years ago, and I've been doing it ever since. Uh we are an international organization that helps people everywhere we can. Um, it's not a perfect coverage yet. We're still growing, but we have a network of fine people uh, in every continent, and they're there to help you if, if you need anything. We don't charge for our services. Um, I'm a exorcist, minister, um, psychic investigator, of course, um, little bit of psychic but i don't use the abilities really okay. uh, unless i'm on a case so uh no readings or anything of that sort no, uh, no. that uh, i scare people too much so i, I don't do <laughs> i don't like to scare people okay um so really quite the resume for, for, from both of you guys um you touched there on the, on the warren foundation which i think is brilliant i think it's great what you're trying to do um and, and to have it kind of, as you say, worldwide, and as you say, it's not perfect yet, but in, in my eyes, it, you know, you're doing a fantastic job. Um, what is your what was your aim for that when you you said 40 years ago now? Uh, what was your aim when you first had this plan to get this foundation up, up and going? Well, the foundation's only been in the planning stages for about seven or eight years. Okay. Uh, I went to my grandmother. Uh, this was after the first Conjuring movie came out. Right. And I said, Graham, look, um, we're getting requests from all over the world. And the New England Society for Psychic Research is a wonderful organization, but it's local. And we need to expand. And I really want your name to continue when you're gone. And she loved the idea. She loved all of it. So together we planned it out and I began it. Great. Brilliant. And so, so it's all about keeping the, the name going, which I think is brilliant. Um, but obviously, Catherine works alongside you where, where the foundation is concerned. So, Catherine, are you, do you kind of look after other parts of this foundation? It's, is, is there different aspects? Yes, I am the uh, regional director for uh, Europe and the UK. So okay. I look after our members on the foundation in Europe and the UK, um, guiding them, helping them. Um, uh, I won't say teaching them, but guiding them the right way into yeah. the paranormal and in, with their abilities, helping them out with their abilities. And, um, yeah, and I'm always okay. there for them whenever they need me. <laughs> she is being very, very, very humble here. <laughs> uh, Truth is, she's, a, she's not only um, the regional director for Europe, but she's also a board member. And don't don't let her lie to you; she is constantly teaching. Okay. Uh, that is one of the pillars of the foundation. Yeah. We are here yeah. to help educate the next uh, the next generation mm -hmm. uh, researchers. We're trying to instill a code of ethics. Yeah, uh, because unfortunately, in this field, there are a lot of big egos, and uh, often the clients, the people that we serve, are lost, and we don't want that to continue. So, she is an extraordinary person, and she's never allowed to leave. 
<laughs> if the camera went down, you'd see a, a ball and chain. <laughs> exactly. That's great. So when it comes to, um, you, you talk there about big egos, and that, that's that's quite an interest of mine. Yeah. That's something I talk about quite a lot. Um, do, do you think there's a, there's a reason for that when it comes to the paranormal? I mean, do you want to get into that? You know what it is? I see it all the time in, in my own personal life. You know, people treat you like you're, you're something special because you do this. Um, the ones that don't think you're crazy, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you're, you, 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 it's easy to get a, a swelled head. And mm-hmm. I do everything in my power to let people know I'm just a person. Uh, I'm nothing special at all. Uh, I'm just here to help. That's it. And if if it gets if ever gets to the point where it starts to swell my head, I've got people like Catherine who will knock me upside the head and make sure that I uh, <laughs> don't don't ever get that way. And also, I have very good friends who will never let me forget where I come from. Yeah, yeah, that, that's great. And I think the problem with with a lot of the egos is um, in the last decade, maybe a bit longer now. Uh, oh, ghost hunting has just exploded. You know, it was all over the TV. It was everywhere. And um, basically, people who were nobodies became celebrities. And we live in a culture where anybody can be a celebrity, really. And I, I, you can massively see why their heads get swollen. So there's nothing really against it because you can see how it could happen. But I am more in favour of you guys of keeping grounded, keeping level-headed, um, because really what you're doing there is you're staying true to your purpose. You're staying true to what it is you set out to do. You're not being swayed by the money, by the uh, the viewing figures of a TV programme, yes. by all that stuff, which there a lot of people money. do. <laughs> well, this is no. it. This is it. You know, like if I go and investigate somewhere and people say, how much do you want? nothing really you know just a cup of tea please and 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 but you'd be a mate oh really the last person i had around had 100 pound off me and, and stuff like that and, and it's it's crazy um okay so if somebody is trying to charge you for their services for for the paranormal yeah walk away yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. That's what I tell people. It, it's it's so wrong because most of the time they go around there with a plan. We're going to get rid of this. We're going to do this. We're going to, and not, and nine times out of ten, it never happens. Exactly. And, and it, in fact, they make it worse, you know. So, um, it, 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 it's stupid, really. So, you touched there, Chris, about how your, um, your, obviously, your now and granddad are the, famous Ed and Lorraine Warren, um, who were made even more famous by films such as The Conjuring and that whole universe that has now exploded out of those movies, such as Annabelle, the famous doll. Do you, um, do you, is that a stigma that you carry with you when you kind of go on investigations? Is it, is it something that people kind of just tag on you? And do, do you like that or do you try and become your own independent person? I'm very proud of my grandparents. Um, we are not the same people. Uh, you know, the foundation started with them, but it has gone far beyond what they were doing. Um, my viewpoints are more worldly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been lucky enough to live in over 60 places in the world. Um, well, not quite every continent. I haven't been to Australia yet, but I've lived everywhere else. Yeah. And, um, for, for Australia, I've got that covered with Catherine. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I'm, the, I'm the Aussie here. <laughs> Aussie Greek. Aussie Greek. Uh, but the movies are not real. And uh, yeah, a lot of people, too many people think that it's almost a documentary and it's not. Uh, the Annabelle movies are pure fantasy. There's nothing real about the Annabelle movies whatsoever. Annabelle exists, but she's a Raggedy Ann doll. And she has not caused trouble for anybody since around 1975 or so, 77, somewhere in that age, um, when my grandparents figured out how to lock it down, how to keep it safe so that it wasn't able to hurt anyone else. Yeah. Um, whereas the first Conjuring movie was really, really good. Actually, uh, the second Conjuring movie took two different cases, Amityville and the Enfield, England yep. case, 
and combined them, which there was no connection whatsoever. The nun doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and at the end of uh, Conjuring 2, the entire ending is absolutely insane and ridiculous. Um, so I'm not ashamed at all. I'm very proud of my grandparents and what they've done, um, especially given when they started in the 50s. Yep. Um, but I spent a lot of time telling people that the movies aren't real. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. And when they when they started off in, in around the 50s, um, obviously that's before, before my time. Um, yeah. I, I can only... <laughs> when they started doing society. But, but even before then, you know... Yeah. My grandfather grew up in a haunted house. My grandmother was having uh, psychic experiences when she was like eight years old. Um, yeah. it, it's just something they've always been a part yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. And and around that time, did, was the I guess because nowadays it's becoming more and more accepted. You know, don't get me wrong. We are still, as you say, some people still call us crazy and people laugh at us. But do you think they they would have fit in more now? I mean, do you often do you often wonder what would they make of the scene if they were around now? My grandmother only passed away recently, um, so she she saw all the Hollywood hype and she loved it. She she was overjoyed. <laughs> you know, she thought it was fun. Um, my grandfather would have loved it. He really would have. Uh, you know, they were involved with the second Amityville movie. They were involved with a couple of other productions. Um, so they had a taste of it. Personally, I find it all a little bit overwhelming. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not comfortable with people thinking I'm anything special. I'm not. Um, you want special, you go see Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> That's lovely. Um, so, Catherine, do you do you kind do you find that you have the same ideas as Chris when it comes to approaching the paranormal? Because so that, you know, there, there are times where it can be healthy to have different approaches and to be able to, you know, butt heads about how you're going to approach an investigation or how you're going to tackle something. Do you find you have similar approaches or do you differ? Um, well, I would say Chris uh, keeps the old ways of a paranormal investigation. Okay. Which, yeah. Uh, it's true, you don't need all these gadgets to go into an investigation. You can yeah, do it with yeah. I'm definitely old school in that way. Yeah, you can do it with a tape recorder, you can do it with your phone. Um, the thing is, they want to prove out that, that there's something that, like, if I go as a psychic medium in a paranormal investigation and I'm like, I see this, I see that, I see this, people are looking at me going, okay, yeah, we don't. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, okay, I understand. So people are trying with their gadgets to catch the phantom, to catch the ghost, to catch that voice, to catch what I'm seeing, what I'm feeling, what I'm hearing, and to prove, I don't know, to themselves, to the public, to the person that they're, you know, helping out, that there is something there. Yeah. Um, doing it like that to prove that there is something there to yourself and to the person that you're helping, that's fine. When you're trying to prove it to the public for the clicks and the views, and it's not fine with me. No, I agree. And then I, I found that when that happens, your integrity as a researcher and an investigator just becomes completely, you know, null and exactly. void um, because you, you're willing to cheat and lie and fake because those clicks become addictive, you know, and, and I guess mm -hmm. if you're being paid for certain things, they become addictive as well. Um, okay. I've, got, I've got a lot of gadgets up there, heaps of gadgets, yeah. but um, I don't use them much. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I've been the same because um, I was going to talk to you about equipment because obviously when Chris, when your your nan and granddad were were around, they wouldn't have had half of the gadgets that we have now, and things because in my opinion, order, uh, camera that was it. Yeah, and and that's it. And and when I go on investigations, the, the more I've done through the years, the more I, I'm leaning towards it's just about me. You know, I am the best piece of equipment that there can be, and you see yeah. people on their mobile phones, they're using these apps that can easily be you know, fake or falsified or have, you know, al algorithms in them and stuff. Um, what, what would your nan and granddad have made of that, you know, the new approach to, to, to ghost hunting? Uh, you know, honestly, I, I couldn't say for sure. Um, <clears throat> they were not scientifically based 
they were faith-based. Um, and for me, just to, to clarify, I believe that um, it's not important to prove anything to the public at all. My, my job is to serve the people who are be being bothered or hurt. And I don't care if you believe me or don't believe me. It doesn't bother me in the least. All I care about is, can I help this family that's feeling terrified and is in trouble? They're fearful for their life. I want to help them. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, my grandfather definitely was somebody who didn't believe in a whole bunch of stuff. He, he liked having the camera. He liked having the cassette recorder. Those were his things. And I use pretty much the same thing. I used my uh, iPad for my uh, video camera and for my regular camera and for recording. And that's it. Uh, the thing to remember with all of these gadgets is that energy manipulation is the very simplest thing that a spirit can do. Yeah. Um, that's how they communicate. They are energy. And so mm -hmm. none of these things, anything can be used as long as the spirit wants to communicate. Yeah. The problem yeah. is when you go in there and you're opening doors by inviting something to communicate, you have no idea what's coming through. You're not able to protect yourself. You give up your protection through your the active use of your free will, your choice to invite something in. It doesn't matter how many prayers you say or how much you do a closing ritual of some sort. You've used your free will and you've allowed the lion to come into the room. Just saying, go away, lion, isn't going to work anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think. Um, so, sorry, Catherine. Carry on. <laughs> I, I, like I said, I agree with Chris. Yeah, we we agree on a lot of things. Um, I agree there with Chris, uh, one hundred percent. Because when you're in uh, an investigation, you go, uh, "Is anybody there? Uh, can you make a noise? Uh, knock three times for yes or two times for no." You're actually summoning. You're inviting. You're opening the portal. Yeah. If you don't talk at all, and you respect. Because you've got to respect whatever's there. Yeah. Because you don't know how powerful it is. Mm -hmm. yeah. So um, if you respect it and let it come through, it will come through if it wants yeah. to. Yeah. Passive uh, communication is the safe way to work with spirit. Yeah. 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 You yeah. allow them to communicate with you. You don't invite them to communicate. Exactly. Yeah. And, and by inviting, of course, a lot of people, they – uh, something I always tell people is don't give the spirits an idea of who it is you want to talk to because when you're inviting right. them, you're you're they could be anybody and because you can't see them and you know you don't know who they are, it would be easy for them to pretend that they're the person that you want, you know. And so by by doing what you guys are saying, it's so correct because just let them be who they are and 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 if you're there to pick it up, fantastic. If you're there to interact with it, great. But just don't kind of force it in because you just don't know what you're dealing with. Something you mentioned there, Chris, about the equipment. So I often tell tell people, don't be so scared of things like spirit boards and don't be so scared of things like this because they've been sensationalized through things like movies and the media and things like that. But if a spirit wants to interact with you, it will. It, it doesn't matter what piece of equipment that you use, you know. Um, do, do, do you agree with that statement? Yes, um, I do. I worry if, if you, by spirit board, do you mean um, spirit box or do you mean like Ouija board? Ouija board, yeah, sorry, yeah. I, I call All it right. spirit board, yeah. Here's the thing about a Ouija board. Um, that is not passive communication. That is active communication, and that is dangerous. Okay. Everyone, everyone thinks, you know, oh, Ouija board. It's not the Ouija board. It's the act of of active communication and whether it's a seance automatic writing um or whatever you use a spirit box any of these things if you're inviting it in that's the issue that's why it's dangerous it's not the board and the piece of plastic that you're using yeah yeah uh, well, I'd, I'd have to agree and another thing when you go on an investigation and you've got your psychic medium that is your tool your psychic medium is your tool. She or he is the one that's communicating with the spirit. Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, because th th 
guys who have the talent like yourself, you know, you you can help protect people because so many people tread into this into this um, field completely unprepared, you know, with with no knowledge because they've seen some people on TV doing it, so they think, oh, we can go and do it now, and and it's fine to do. Um, do you think that's a dangerous thing, you know, where people just watch TV and think I can do that, and off they go? Yeah. The thing you need to remember about these television reality programs, they're there to sell commercial time. They're done by producers. They're not done by actual researchers. And they have to do what the producer tells them to do, period. You're not going to learn anything from them. You're not going to learn anything from the most of these YouTube videos that are out there. These are just people who are chasing their own tails and watching other people's YouTube videos and then putting on their own YouTube videos. Yeah. And, you know, they may get a million hits, but they're not really teaching you anything. Um, shameless plug time. <laughs> if you do want to learn something about the paranormal, check out our, our um, videos on the Warren Files YouTube channel. Okay. We're not going to teach you, for the most part, we don't teach you how to do an investigation. That's something we're working on doing in the future privately, not publicly, because we want to interact with the student. We want to understand what they are thinking. We, Our first priority is always to our clients. And yeah. the, those people in need are the ones that come first. It isn't about you who wants to be the demonologist or the exorcist or what have you. It's about the people we serve. Yeah. 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 I think that's a fantastic statement to make really um, because it, it gets lost. We spoke about egos before and, and that whole purpose gets lost really. And, and, and the, the path that we're on really, when it comes to paranormal investigating, it, it can get lost amongst the big egos and the YouTube views and the clicks as uh, as Catherine puts it. Um, I know you guys wanted to, to touch on um, obviously what we're doing here. So this, this whole thing, this whole weekend is about calm and that's campaign against living miserably. Um, please guys um, head over to the just giving page to, to donate. Um, that would be fantastic. I know they've raised so much already, but there's always room for more. Um, it's a really good campaign. And, and, and I know Chris, you wanted to talk about um, how, that kind of that negativity when it comes to, to mental health issues and how that can impact on on the paranormal. You, I mean, there's obviously a correlation there, and there always has been. But do you find that at the moment, the way the world is, it, it's kind of getting worse? Yeah, yeah. Um, my grandmother used to say that like attracts like. Yeah, if you put out positive energy, you're going to get back something positive. If you put out negative energy, you're going to get negative things back. And so. I'm not saying that all of our cases involve mental illness, not at all. But if you have a negative haunting, if something horrible is happening to you, there's 95% of the time there is an underlying issue yep. that needs to be dealt with. Not, not just mental illness. It can be anything. It could be anxiety. It can be... For instance, right now, we're seeing a huge uptick in in cases because of lockdown. Yeah. And the spirits are getting stirred up because you know, all of a sudden, so people are there all the time. And their anxiety is inflaming these spirits, and those are manifesting. Yeah. yeah. Catherine, do you have any, any points to bring to that? Um. I agree with uh, Chris there a lot because don't forget that every house that you live in, there is always the psychic imprint there from not just the dead but the living. So you don't know beforehand the people that lived in that house what they went through. So when you walk into a house to live, I mean the house to me is alive, it breathes. So when, when someone walks in uh, a new house, or, you know, rents rent out or buys a house that other people that lived there that were miserable, that were unhappy. If you're a little bit of an empath or a psychic or open, like Chris says, and uh, you will pick up that psychic um, imprint. Yeah. 
And you will manifest negative energy if there's issues with you and your partner or with you and your family. Yeah. One of the other things uh, Catherine should talk about is self-manifestation because she's right on the edge of talking about that. (laughs) (laughs) That we're seeing an awful lot of. So could you explain that? Uh, Self-manifestation? Okay. To me, this is my opinion, right? A lot of people are are saying uh, they're seeing shadow people at the corner of their eye. They're seeing shadow people. Not seeing a form, just a blubber. Yeah. Just a dark shadow. Now, um, what you're seeing is what you are manifesting. Your negativity. I mean, how can I say it? You might not know that you're negative or that you're... um, you know, you're projecting something negative out there. So you're manifesting something. And it's a shadow because it doesn't have shape. So what would it do? It will feed on your fear and it will take on your fear. What do you fear? Snakes? It will look like a snake. Do you fear demons? It will look like a demon. Do you fear um, the, the, the hag? It will manifest as the hag. Yeah. Until you give it shape with your fear, it feeds off your fear. So my, to me, with whatever's going on around at the moment, um, be happy, smile, laugh, dance, interact with your family. Um, you're feeling sad, get it out, say it. You feel like you want to cry, cry. You want to scream, scream. You want to laugh, laugh. Get those emotions out of you. Don't swallow them in there because you will. You are made of energy, so you will manifest energy. Yeah, yeah. And it's important to understand that around the world, things manifest differently because of our own beliefs, our own cultural and religious and spiritual beliefs shape the way the 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 paranormal manifests itself. And a lot of times. You know, things will fly across the room and what have you. There's no spirit involved. That's you. Yeah. You know, that that is all that is. Um, I know that sounds odd, but there's a conjunction sometimes between a place that has a lot of energy and a person who is in turmoil and then that energy explodes. Yeah. We see it a lot with um, people who are, who are on the on the spectrum, autistic. Um, they're very gifted people. And they are, uh, I, I've, I've heard a wonderful theory that they are the next step in our evolution. And I, I believe that they are extremely focused. And sometimes, not always, I'm not saying that every autistic person does this, but sometimes that can manifest in a powerful explosion of energy. Yeah, yeah, and I think just to kind of what you're talking about there, and you're manifesting your own paranormal experiences. That's a theory that that I've been working on um, a lot lately, because you often find that you know if people are religious, they will see the Virgin Mary. If 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 somebody wants exactly. to see um, a Bigfoot, or you know, they always manifest what, whatever it is that they want to see. Um, but there has to be an opposite, doesn't the Catherine? You know, if if you're producing negativity um, because of your fears and everything, surely. The, the, the positives can bring in manifestations as well. And, and what, what form do they tend to take? Um, like positive manifestations? Yeah. Um, to me, when I've got, I've, I'm happy and there's positive, well, most, most times, yeah, here and there, everywhere, you know, having five kids, running around like a crazy woman, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, um, you can see colours. I see colours when I'm, I'm really, you know, when I'm attracting positive energy, I see colours. I see auras. I um, I feel the, like, warm energy around. Um, I see my family happy. Yeah. And that's what, that's what counts for me. I see yeah. other people, my friends happy. Yeah. Don't forget, I've said that before, um, we are born both with our psychic abilities, everybody's got them, psychic abilities and spiritual abilities. Our psychic abilities are imprinted in our DNA and our spiritual abilities, we develop them. So that's why you get little kids uh, 
we develop them slowly um, from the day we are born. That's why you see little kids, they could be looking up in the ceiling and laughing at something or looking at the door and laughing at something. You are born with both of those abilities. Yeah, yeah, and 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 again, you know, it, it's true. You, you see children with imaginary friends, but as a society, what we tend to do is put a negative spin on that, and we tell them it's not real. You know, it's imaginary. Don't be stupid. Ghosts, ghosts don't exist. And what what we're doing is we're shutting that part down. So when they grow up, they're pushing it away until at, at some point they just no longer recognise it anymore. Not only How- that, we are causing our children. If you if you can guide your child or get someone to help you to guide your child, um, instead of um, shrinking it inside them and causing them later on psychological issues and anxiety attacks and breakouts and um, negativity, teach them, guide them how to use those abilities. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a really a really good point to make. And 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 you know, touching on the positivity there, um, Chris, everything is always geared towards the negative when it comes to paranormal. Is people want to be scared? People love that fear aspect. The horror movies, the scare mazes that people can go through, the ghost trains, stuff like that. People, it's not very often you hear of the positive the positive side of paranormal investigations. Uh, do you find that that it plays a big part in your investigations? Unfortunately, the positive doesn't get reported as, as much as the negative it, to us either. You know, if, if you're having, um, there, there was a wonderful story that I, I've told many times, many, many times about a ghost in a friend's house. And at 10 o'clock every night, the ghost would walk down the stairs, walk into the kitchen, turn on the popcorn machine that they didn't have. make the popcorn and then walk back up the stairs every single night. Very positive, nothing scary about it. It was just a residual haunting and nothing evil. Um, Angelic manifestations are another thing that do happen quite a bit um, where something positive comes or Padre Pio is a, a popular one. He seems to get around an awful lot. Uh, he's showed up in the Amityville house. He's showed up in, um, for me, on a number of cases, including the uh, West Pittston case, which is known as um, the Haunted. Yeah, the Haunted. Uh, so yeah, th- there are there is light out there. Yeah. It, but you have to be open to it, and you have to be the one drawing that light in. What? Um, Catherine said earlier is incredibly important in all of our cases, which is put on happy music, dance, Mm -hmm. sing, laugh, watch old comedies or new comedies that make you happy. You know, make love, love your family, Uh, you know, do everything you can to raise the energy in your home, clean your house. Yes. (laughs) Get rid of the clutter in your home. These things are really, really important. That free flow of energy is so vital to helping you overcome whatever darkness might be there. And if you do want to scream, if you do want to cry, take it outside. Don't leave it inside the walls of your home. Mm -hmm. You know, get it out. Don't live with it. You know, if you're having a conflict with your loved ones, talk about it. Don't scream about it. Talk about it. Work it out. And remember that regardless of what issues you may have, if the love is there, that's the thing that can overcome the darkness. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and a really, a really good point. Uh, I've got a question in the comments. Um, it's a, it's, it's quite a nice question. So I thought I'd bring it in. Uh, SJ Smith has asked um, of you, Chris, um, that she would have loved to have, have, have met Ed and Lorraine, and she was saddened by their passing. Um, She'd like to know what were they like as people and what did they like apart from the paranormal? Because, again, people just associate them with, pigeonhole them, they're they're paranormal investigators. Of course, they would have had a life outside of that. And I think think SJ there is asking, you know, what what were they into apart from ghosts? Thank you, SJ. Um, They were pretty amazing people. My grandfather was a real man's man type. Uh, His favorite actor was John Wayne, you know, uh, 
But my grandmother, she was all about family. She was all about the holidays and celebrating and making them uh, very important. Both of them were huge advocates for animals and they always had lots of pets. Um, matter of fact, one of my favorite stories about my grandfather, he was driving down the street one day and he saw this big old shaggy dog in the wintertime, chain around its neck, wrapped around this tree in the frozen mud, miserable as could be. He walked up, he unhooked the dog, he went up to the front door, slammed on the door and said, you just lost your dog. He brought that dog home and the dog's name was Duke. <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, so obviously they, they were very um, compassionate and, and, and oh, yeah. that, that caring side, which touches on what we were just talking about, you know, raising the energy and bringing the, the, the love, and which is probably why they were so successful really on their investigations. Um, I want to bring it forward a bit um, to, to your guys' investigations. Some of their investigations are now so famous, you know, made into films and books and stuff like that. Have you ever been on an investigation recently, you know, kind of under your own guise that that can compare with any of their investigations? Yeah, a number of them. Uh, there have been many cases. Uh, I mean, I, I obviously I've worked on a lot of their big cases as yeah. well. I didn't work on the Amityville or the Conjuring uh, cases, but um, Satan's Harvest with Maurice Thiriel, that was one of mine. Um, the Haunted, the, the um, what's it called? Um, the Haunting in Connecticut, that was yes. actually, that was my case, actually. Oh, okay. That was a film as well. Um, I'm writing things. Yeah, terrible yeah. film. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Is that I, the one where it sets fire at the end? The house sets on fire. Is that right? Am I thinking? Honest, honest to God, I can only get through the first 45 minutes. I never <laughs> Um, but yeah, we're actually, uh, we've worked on so many cases, some of which are tragic, some of which are extremely frustrating because of lockdown. Uh, yeah. we've got one right now in, uh, London and we can't get there. I've been trying to get there forever. And the poor man was, um, cursed. That's something I had a hard time with for years. <laughs> believing in curses. Um, but it's all energy. It's just like a, a prayer. Uh, when you focus all of your energy, whether it's good or evil, sometimes you can hook into something and you can make it happen. You can make it manifest. And this man was cursed. And he has been in, in an institution for over 20 years. It's not going to be an easy case when we finally get to do the exorcism because the damage has already been done and yeah. he'll, he will have psychological issues for the rest of his life, no matter what good we can do. So it is frustrating, but we, we try to bring as much light as we can into the people that we serve. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for you, Catherine, what, what would you say is your kind of highlight of an investigation? You know, what, what, if you had to think about all the places you've investigated, what really stands out to you? I mean, no doubt you've got hundreds, hundreds to, to, to think about, but. Um, <laughs> She's got a much better memory than I do. She can talk about things far better. Well, uh, most of my, like, um, face to face, like, uh, physical investigations, most of mine were um, in Greece. Okay. So um, they were quite intense because there's okay. a lot of um, uh, ancient energy in that place in Greece. Yeah. I, I bet that's interesting, isn't it? I, do you find that cultures around the world, you've obviously investigated oh, yes. all over, do you find that different cultures um, have a different impact on the kind of manifestation that you're getting? Yeah. Um, well, for instance, in Greece, I'll give you an example. In Greece, you can feel the energy. It's still alive. It's there. Um, you can walk around and you can feel it because there's a lot of portals, ancient yeah. portals there from um from ancient times, and um, and they're always most of them are open. They're still open. 
there's a lot of history there. While being while coming to Scotland, I was thinking, oh my God, you know, witches and hangings and this and that and and leprechauns and fairies. Oh my God, this is going to be fascinating. I have never felt so such death in, in a country. Wow. It is beautiful. It is gorgeous. Scotland, don't get me wrong, it's gorgeous. It's got it's green, it's beautiful, it's alive, but you walk on the ground and you feel the oppression, you feel the death. You can smell yeah. it. And what so, do you think yeah. that is? Why what why 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 is that uh, distinct to Scotland? What is there any Well, it's been so, it's been under oppression oppression for so many years. Yeah. Um and there's a lot of wars that's happened here. A lot of people, a lot of um, uh, kings, queens, um, empires trying to take over this country. Yeah. And so you can see that Scotland sometimes looks like a, a place where it's just with balls and chains and trying to break free. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's manifesting physically with the obviously the the – them voting to try and have their own independence and stuff, which exactly. I, I have I have no opinion on really. Um, I think it's great if they want their own independence. Um, but do, do you find that 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 because of the ancient kind of and it goes for other countries as well, um, because of that historical oppression and, and the fact the negative things that have happened, do you find that that it works the other way around? So we talk about the living manifesting our own fears or our own happiness. Does it happen the other way around where the the spirit world can almost manifest our attitude? So if you're in a negative environment, it can make you negative. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I mean, the people here, sorry, Chris, uh, the people here are just like with blinkers. And I'm sorry to say, but they don't even say hello in the neighbourhood. They're constantly, yeah. they're constantly like, oh, yeah, hi, or they don't talk to you at all. And I've noticed that. I've been here in Scotland for three years and um, people don't talk to each other unless you're out in a small Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I just uh, did you, talking about other countries as well because I'm fascinated by that aspect now. That kind of how it can reverse, how you know, because a lot of people will walk into a room and, and they'll say, "Oh, something bad happened here," and if they were to spend long enough there, of course, it would begin to make them kind of, I guess, channel those feelings. Yes. So, have you been to investigations like that where it's where it's the other way around? You know, they're not manifesting it, but it's almost manifesting them. Well, this goes back to what we were saying earlier with lockdown, how yeah. we're stirring up the spirits. And so the spirits are influencing us with their, their feelings and their, their terror and their trying to, their confusion as to what's going on. Why is everybody so upset? And they get upset and they're, they're building that negativity and it, it can escalate. But it, it exactly. isn't that they're, they're evil or anything. They're no. not trying to hurt you. They're, they that themselves are lost, and they're trying to understand why are things like this right now. It's yeah. like um, every house to me, every house has got a spirit. Every old house, even the land that you build your house on, there's spirits there. It's like without the way we are at the moment, People are being miserable, negative. It's like we're awakening them and opening the portals. That's yeah. what it feels like. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so do you, do you find that kind of all that negativity – negativity that's going round because obviously in just in human work the human world we have good people we have bad people good intentions bad intentions is is it difficult to get through to the to the spirits that have good intentions are, are they do you find that they are constantly pushed to the side and are they defeated by the negativity it depends on how negative they are yeah uh, when things are really bad then yeah they will they will back away for their own protection. Exactly. My grandmother used to say that if there's a demon in a home, there are no ghosts because they cannot stay with the demon. Yeah. I have found that um, the term demon, and yeah, I'm a demonologist, but I'm not a Christian demonologist or a demonologist like anybody else you're ever going to meet. Uh, it took a long time for me to 
really accept that title. Um, because demon predates any of our stereotypes or any of our preconceptions. And whether you think of it as Beelzebub or Lucifer or anything else, these are things that we put on them. Those are images we put there. Um, a lot of them come back from Mesopotamia and Sumer and Christian demonology. And even the first book of demonology was written, well, Christian book, was written by uh, King James, uh, the guy who, who got the, uh, the King James Bible. Yeah. 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 And it isn't something that should be taken, and, and forgive me for putting it this way, but it shouldn't be taken uh, seriously because these things are universal. They're worldwide. They're everywhere. And they do not manifest the same way. You're not going to get a Christian demon in a Hindu home. Exactly. You're going to get a Hindu demon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that comes back to what I spoke of earlier, where, you know, if you want, if you believe in the Virgin Mary, you will manifest the Virgin Mary. And, and you know, and, and, and that's kind of how it happens. Is it possible, though, that what they're dealing with in the crux of it is, is ultimately the same thing, but they're just manifesting their own belief onto it? You know, it's almost like yes. it's, it's a blank canvas. They're just painting their own image on it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that, that goes to the point that these things feed off of our energy. Mm -hmm. So they're going to manifest in a way that's going to affect us personally and powerfully for good or evil. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing I've always um, not, not struggled with, but when people ask you particular questions as, a, as an investigator, you know, well, what is a ghost, you know, and what is a spirit and is there a difference and what's the difference between a ghost and a demon and, and all that kind of stuff. Do you have um, set kind of descriptions for what each one is? Yes. Yeah, would you would you like to talk us through them? Because I mean, I'm fascinated to know what your what your take is on on the the difference between a ghost and a spirit and a demon. Well, a ghost is a human. Well, a ghost is a living being who has died. Somebody or something that has had a body and has died. It could be a dog, a cat, a human being, any living being that has man that has strong ties. And therefore has a reason to manifest and a strong will. That's important. Um, but these other things that we term demons, they, are, they have never been human. They have never lived. These are things that have always been energy and always have existed in one form or another. Uh, I think we give them too much credit when we say that they are um, you know, all powerful and they know the wisdom of the ages. The truth is, in my personal experience, they are repetitive. They will use the same tactics over and over and over and over again because those tactics have worked yeah. for them when trying to suck energy out of their victims. But they don't work on me. Uh, I cannot be intimidated by them when they try to do it. I'm like, again? it never works. Why do you keep trying the same stuff over and over yeah. again? Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. No, no. But I guess because they have never lived that they don't understand the concept of, you know, choice and the concept of, of I, I guess they're kind of this mechanical almost that they do what they do and there's no deviating from, from, from the path, I guess. Well, Catherine and I have had some terrific conversations. I, I, I with her for about four months about the fact that, by definition, these things are aliens. Yes. And I'm going to let her take it from there and talk about <laughs> it. It's, it's fascinating, actually. Yeah, and I do believe that all these, like, um, angels, you want to call them demons, you want to call them elementals, um, apparently, well, an example, the elementals, the fairies, the the um, uh, the fae people. There were nature spirits tied to places. Exactly, yeah. and there were from ancient times, from the time of Atlantis, for instance, or the the Lemurians, right? And as humans, we used the elementals as weapons for war between us. Yeah. And that's why, for me, they've disappeared. They they're hiding. They hate us. They um, 
they try to trick us, they try to do different things, they try to scare us because we are the bad ones, not them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and how do you find – because obviously people will struggle with the concept of – if it's not human, then then how can it exist in this world? And for me, you have to step outside of of, of the, the the what's socially accepted as as the world that we live in. So one of my theories is that we live in a holographic universe, and things are operating on multiple frequencies. That would mean that they're um, interdimensional. So I argue that aliens are actually interdimensional, not interplanetary. Is this exactly. what you guys are talking about here? I will, I'll say, I'll give you an example. We are small atoms in a big giant that's called the universe. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That, that's what we are. We're just vibrating energy, really. Exactly. Right, particular Everything is just energy. And, yeah. the, you know, there are more, uh, this is according to NASA, um, there are more habitable worlds in the universe than there are grains of sand on Earth. That's humbling. Yeah. You know, here we are worrying about what our neighbor is doing or that line in the sand that has been arbitrarily drawn hundreds of years ago. And the truth is we are only an, an infinitesimally small uh, part of something much, much greater. Yeah. We are, but having said that, we are also the universe we are the universe we we were created from exploding stars all of the material universe that exists today was created in ancient supernovas yeah. and we are the we are the universe become aware of itself and looking back on itself and trying to understand it that is pretty big and that's pretty empowering yeah i mean it, it's great that what you're talking about because it fits in with, with with my own research catherine you wanted to yeah i just want to say that those entities um you want to call them what well, i call them aliens right uh they were there before us way before us yeah, yeah. so they so, came down to teach us yeah but we never learn yeah we um history repeats itself i guess yes <laughs> and actually what Chris was saying that they follow uh like demons follow the same pattern. We are the pattern. Yeah. That's interesting. And and do you yeah. think that's because because we've kind of inherited their world or because we've kind of used we're using them in a way, their behavior is rubbing off on us, I, I yeah. guess. And, and we're just, we're beginning to to act like them. Uh, it's not the behavior so much, it's just that they I won't say they're mocking us, but Sometimes, you know, they might think that we're a bit stupid. Sorry. <laughs> so they're, um, they, they are playing us. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and do, you, do you think that, because that, I know a lot of people say that, that these demons, they're the guys that are really controlling the world, and you can call them what you want. I know people that will call them demons or um, archons or, or, or extraterrestrials or whatever. Are they really controlling the world, or is there no. another spiritual aspect that is that is that is fighting on our side. We have free will. Yeah. Everybody, you know, they, they, I have a goddaughter that I love dearly. And recently a snake went into her garage in India and she thought she could pray. And then the, the spirit, the uh, snakes would never come back. I had to tell her, honey, I love you. But prayer alone doesn't do that. If it did, there would be no Christian martyrs. There'd be no um, Buddhist martyrs. Yeah. You know, the truth is we have free will. God gave that to us. And that means that evil can happen. Uh, it will affect us. Tragedy will happen. And those things are there for us to overcome. We're not here to live in heaven. This isn't heaven. We're here to learn. And we learned because we are just human. Most of us learn the hard way. And that means mm -hmm. we need to be smacked upside the head occasionally. And we do need to be corrected so that we will grow. Yeah. And so adversity is really important. And we shouldn't get, we shouldn't start thinking that, you know, we're not in charge. We really are. It is our world. And we can change it. That is up to us. 
Yeah, and uh, if you haven't learned, if you're sorry to interrupt, if you haven't learned okay. a lesson in this life, that's why we have the reincarnation to come back again and again. But that's another podcast we can do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- again, it's everything you're saying rings massively true with with myself, and uh, you know, something I could talk about all day, really. But unfortunately, we are we are fastly running out of time now. We've got a couple of minutes left. Um, as always, for any show that I do, the last word goes over to the guests. So, uh, Catherine, is, is there anything you'd like to put across to the audience, maybe just a, a roundup of what we've spoken about today, or particularly maybe talking about Calm, which is this, the great campaign that we're doing this for? Yeah, uh, my message out there, guys, is laugh, smile, hug your family, love your neighbour, um, walk around barefooted outside, um, put some music on, like I said, hug your family. It's it's very important to be amongst your family. And I know that we can't be amongst our friends because of the lockdown. Interact with them on the phone. Ring them up. Talk to them. Say hello. Say hello to the world. That's my message. Great. And Chris? Fear is the enemy. Keep that in mind. We are not powerless. None of us are. We are literally the authors of our own lives. It takes courage to change your life. It takes courage to face those fears, overcome them, and make your life better. You are not trapped. No one is trapped. You just have to have the courage to change. Change is hard, but it is also the only thing that's constant in this world. Nothing will ever remain the same. Everything always changes. There will be good times. There will be bad times. If you are in trouble, if you need help, get help. Reach out. Be there. There are people who will love you if you let them. Do not feel like you're alone. This is a wonderful campaign. I hope you'll support it. There are many great ways you can reach out to people, whether it's just right now in lockdown, you you can Skype call somebody, show them that you love them, show them that you care, do everything you can. And when you're facing the paranormal, remember what I said, fear is the enemy. Fear will help things to manifest in a bad way. If you are not afraid, then you will be in a far greater position of power. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, and just to echo what, what you two guys have said there, please, I know someone in the chat has pinned the Just Giving page. It's, it will be all over the Festival of the Unexplained Facebook group. Just get onto the Just Giving page. Um, do give charitably. Uh, everybody's being impacted at the moment. Everybody will know someone or um, has heard of someone that's having, you know, uh, is living miserably, really, and, and worse. So please give charitably. Uh, Chris, Catherine, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a, an thank absolute you. privilege to have you on. Um, I hope everybody watching this has enjoyed it. Um, if you're joining later, then welcome to the show. Um, it's going to be on YouTube and all that stuff. So, um, Brilliant. Thank you, guys. Uh, take care. Look after yourself. God bless you. And Bye. if you need help with the paranormal, please contact the Warren Legacy Foundation. We're here to help you. We're on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and everywhere else you could possibly imagine. Or you Brilliant. can just get hold of us through warrenlegacyfoundation at gmail.com. Brilliant. Thank you, guys. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. So that was the interview there that I did with Chris McKinnell and Catherine Cyrillus. As I say, it was the audio taken from a video interview so if you do head over to the youtube channel of festival of the unexplained which is where that video was first recorded you can you can watch the video version of it although i don't think my um my internet was very good that day or for that interview anyway and um i am a bit blurry and the audio doesn't quite match my um body language so if that annoys you probably best not to watch the video and probably best just to stick with the audio if you want to listen to that again Um, because it is a really interesting interview and i hope you guys enjoyed it i certainly enjoyed having the pleasure to to talk to the two of them um as i say in the interview you know the the honor really was all mine um i think they do some fantastic work with with the foundation that they they're involved with and i think chris is a very as I say, down-to-earth guy, and it would be easy to become egotistical. And as we mentioned in the interview, there are so many egotistical people out there, particularly within this field, 
Um, be that because they're on TV or they've got, you know, so many followers or subscribers or um, fans. Uh, it really does go to their head and it, it can impact their, in my opinion, it can impact their validity as a paranormal researcher. And you know my thoughts on this by now. Um, a lot of them are just entertainers, really, you know, that they have gone down the entertainment route. And that's fine, you know, not a problem with that. Um, but it is just that validity there that, that they do lose, in my opinion. So, yeah, hope you enjoyed that. Um, it was a little bit different. Uh, for the next episode, we've got um, a listener, a listener who contacted me. He reached out and um, to tell me about some of his experiences. And the one experience is absolutely mind-blowing. And um, straight away, I said, look, I've got to get you on the show. Um, he was he was pleased with that. You know, he couldn't wait to come onto the show. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a really good interview. Um, it's the first time he's telling his experiences and it seems to be a bit of a common theme at the moment. Um, seem to be having quite a few people who have listened to the podcast and they feel like this is a good platform to come and tell me about their experiences and to tell you guys about their experiences for the first time as well. And I think that's a really good thing. It shows that what we're doing here is a good thing. It shows that uh, they obviously trust the, the podcast and they enjoy listening to the podcast and they see it as a really good platform to, to, to you know, to get those experiences out there, particularly for the first time. It can be difficult and hopefully it encourages more. You know, if you're listening to this now, thinking back to an experience that you've had that you might not have told anybody about, or even if you have, if it's a well-known experience of yours, please take the opportunity to contact me. You know the uh, the channels by now paranormal paradigm podcast at gmail.com kieran.woodhouse at gmail.com you can contact me via the facebook group the facebook page or personally via facebook um come and tell me about your experiences and, and if you want to come on the show i'm more than happy to to let you on the show so yeah that will be the next episode and i i, I do remember saying we were going to get daniela fenton back on um but unfortunately what we've with what's going on at the moment and the lockdown and it's really difficult to to, to pin her down because she does have uh, school children who are being homeschooled and um, it's just not a very good environment at the moment for, for a lot of people. So um, I have spoken to Danny and we've, we've agreed that we'll, we'll push it back a little bit, but she will be coming on to talk about her mediumship and stuff like that. So don't worry, we will get her on in the future. But for now, the next episode will be um, a listener, a, a guy called Marcus. He's going to come on and, and tell us a fantastic um story a fantastic experience of his and um i can't wait i can't wait for you guys to hear it because it really is that good uh, but until then please look after yourself guys take care and we'll speak soon